The following program may contain content not suitable for all audiences. Welcome to Metagamers Anonymous, a program dedicated to tabletop role-playing games and mostly related material in a presentation of Prismatic Tsunami. My name is Eric. I'm Rich. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And this is episode number 276, and we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, well, the big thing that happened this weekend that I was not there for. So Sad. I'm going to rely on you, my uh, co-hosts on this austere uh, June morning, Sunday morning, <laughs> to discuss, I guess it's, not, it, it's a morning more for me than for you guys, because I'm a state away in a different time zone. We had a game day yesterday, though, and I missed it, but... I was there in spirit, and I was um, I was I was getting regular updates from my people on the ground. So, uh, but you guys all got to play some games, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, once again, I want to mention that TsunamiCon is coming up. We are doing a live con this year, October twenty first through twenty third. I think I have the dates right. <laughs> October twenty first through twenty third. It's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so somewhere in that area. No, I just had this conversation. I somebody just asked me what the dates were and said, "Is it like the twenty second, the twenty third, twenty fourth? They're like, "Yeah, no, wait, no, damn, I don't remember." Uh, but yeah, looking it up, twenty one through twenty three. Uh, be uh, be be looking for no, be getting there now. We got tickets on sale now. I'm so used to saying, you know, be yeah, we do. Yeah, we're, we got tickets we on sale yesterday. now. I think we there's did. some games already online too. Yep, we got a few, and there's gonna be a ton more. But and I like it. I like letting uh, letting submissions come in early so that we can start getting stuff on the schedule. Let people kind of look at stuff and go, "Oh, that sounds like fun." But uh, we're a long ways from having much of a schedule to look at yet, obviously. But right now, though, I'm I'm super stoked about the reaction that the community is having and how excited people are about the con and how great it's going to be to get together and do this shit in person again. And uh, that's going to be fucking weird, but I think that's okay. It's, you know, um, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I have not been, I mean, I, last year we did virtual the last two years we did virtual. And I, I was going to say I hadn't been to a live, but I went to Gen Con in 2021 because, um, stupidity, I guess. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> it's Gen Con. I would have went. I had an opportunity, you know, and, yeah. I took it. and it was a fantastic experience and I did not get the COVIDs from it. So I felt pretty good about it overall. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't a terrible decision in the long run, but Man, was that a different uh, convention <clears throat> when you're used to what I got. <laughs> so uh, from a few hundred to a few thousand. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You'll you'll find the link in the in the show notes and all the all the stuff you can find there about the con and, and how to get involved. Tickets are on sale now. TsunamiCon.org slash badge is the easiest way to get them. And you can get discounts if you want to volunteer or you want to run some games. Um, you'll find the discounts listed on the checkout page when you pick up your badge and they're applicable to any badge. So, you know, if you just want to, if you, if you can only be there on, you know, Sunday for some weird reason, I'm sorry, because, because <laughs> Saturday is the day when all the good stuff seems to happen, but, uh, you can pick up just a Sunday pass. And if you want to run a game or two games that day, you can pick up the appropriate discount and pay very little for your badge. So, I mean, there's options there for you. We are always looking for volunteers, always looking for game masters. There's a, uh, link you can follow to for volunteer information and, and see what shifts are available. So please uh, take a look at that if it's something you want to do. Uh, TsunamiCon.org for all the details. So we had a game day yesterday. And what we do, uh, this, this was kind of a thing before TsunamiCon was a thing. If you're a longtime listener, you know. But the last couple of years, we haven't had them. So <laughs> there hasn't been much to talk about. So this was our triumphant return to the borough, and I guess it was pretty fucking triumphant. Because yeah, it was packed. That's what I hear. Yeah. Uh, the 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 owner of the store, Derek, was very happy with the turnout, <laughs> and I'm sure he did well on the sales because um, he has such great deals on games and stuff during the the game day. And uh, we sold some tickets because we launched our ticket sales for regular weekend passes, and so there were people buying tickets, which was neat, and uh, lots of gaming. But Funny yeah. story. We gave away a uh, weekend pass to TsunamiCon, mm -hmm. um, and uh, the person who ended up winning it, uh, when they showed up for game day, it was the first time they ever played in a game. <gasps> oh, that you is know, so awesome! What a great person to have. Now I was like, okay, well, now you had a whole weekend with us here in October. So <laughs> I did not know <laughs> that. That is yep. that is fantastic. <laughs> I know his name was John. I I, yeah. I set up his uh, ticket. Nice. I set up his ticket uh, last night, late last night, after he I got his name and all stuff. But I was like, "There's no better person to give that ticket." Yeah. To. When they said that that he was a brand new tabletop role player that 
really made ev- think everyone happy. That's awesome. I I love hearing that, and I I think that uh, that that means that you know coming out to the con this year and getting that experience firsthand, you know, full frontal freaking tsunami con in the face if you're not used to anything like that ought to be pretty cool you know because we have a great community i mean yeah the, the, here in wichita i say here like i'm here here in wichita we have a great uh, community and uh i i've been so impressed over the years and i'm super stoked about the you know the excitement for this year so i hope he uh hope he brings some friends <laughs> right so uh we had like a full schedule yesterday which I mean, we we frequently do and then don't always have enough people show up to fill all the games. So I I don't know. Do you guys know if every game made, you know, it I, filled up I yesterday? I think they did. I know. Oh, yeah, I didn't. The cool. two games I were, like, the game I was in and the game I ran were both. Yeah, we're going to talk well, about that. My, my second game was short one person <laughs> for the first hour. But we filled it with Alicia when she showed yeah, up. Yeah, but Alicia You'll showed talk, up we'll after work and we drug her in to fill the last seat. Nice, nice. Well, uh, so uh, Sean and Eli were there uh, running games, which uh, they do very well. So it's always yes. exciting when I can get them uh, to game day because they don't live in town either. And uh, I know, uh, uh, John, you ran a game. Joe, you ran a game. Um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, I know that the uh, the guys were there with the Lord of the Rings um, Battle for Middle Earth. I wish up. I got a picture of it. That was an amazing setup. It's cool, isn't it? it looked yeah. great, I, I got yeah. some pics. I got some pics sent to me. Uh, Lynn was right there, so she was able to take some good pictures. And I I knew that it would be. I knew that even if they didn't get a whole lot of people trying out the game, it would look cool coming in the door and people would ooh and awe over it. And I'd love that stuff at the convention. I always feel bad because the miniature stuff is always kind of hot and cold at the events, you know? Because we have a, a pretty good community for miniature wargaming in town, but they already kind of have their haunts. And, you know, getting them to pay to come to the convention to do tournaments or something. I, I mean, I don't know. Just to play games, show off games. The ones who usually <laughs> come out are the ones that want to try to get new people to try it. Right. And and that's what I right. loved about this. And they are planning to bring that setup, those, those setups. I mean, obviously, they got more than just what they could fit in there to the convention this year awesome so yeah, these game day events people. and and other events they're doing in town are going to be kind of like demos teaching people to play trying to get people interested because it's actually as the war games go i understand it's a pretty cheap one to get into pretty affordable <laughs> which, which oh, is cool. a big thing <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think part of it comes that it doesn't take as many it, it doesn't take as large a groups for the skirmish well, yeah, I don't need 247 different pieces. <laughs> All painted. No, and you don't need to paint 247 different oh, pieces nice. either. Right. Although, have you ever painted a Warhammer army? There's kind of a there's there's kind of a sort of um, Zen quality to the fact that, that when you do them, you just do them all kind of in stages. So it's like I've got my two, three units of like 60 dark elves and I paint all their tunics the same color. And then I paint all the, you know, you just kind of go through the What are you doing thing, this right? weekend? Eyeballs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the white's on Saturday, Dude, the dot's on Sunday. I've got a magnifying thing with a fly, with a light built into it, a ring light built into it. That's for the eyeballs right there. Right. Yeah. Little I've tiny watched, brushes. I've watched Elise. Show, go, she goes to the uh, hobby store, finds the absolute smallest brush they have, Comes home, pulls out it. half of the hairs, <laughs> yeah. and trims yep. it down shorter just yep. to put the pupil on the eyeball. Yep. And I'm like, no, I'll spray paint it one color and call it good. This is the blue army. This is the blue army. Blue skin, blue armor. Just pick up they a really, dog They hair made blue weapons because that's the only color they could see. You see. That's yeah. <laughs> it's it's the world of monochrome. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, they obviously, they had a good time from what I understand. I, I had a chance to chat with them a little bit afterwards online and uh, they had a few people check out the game and some guys kind of hang out all day. And um, I, I really feel like that was a good decision for them. It's really cool that they brought it out. And yeah. uh, I know I'm missing a couple of people because I think there were people running games that I didn't know. Uh, somebody was running a supernatural hunter thing. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily know how that went, but I can't remember who it was was running it. I, I guess I they, got this they stuff were, online. That was the William supernatural Brown. game was in the evening in the other end of the big hall. I was at the the smaller room end and the big room. Mm-hmm. I had the big room, and they were having a ball. Oh, I awesome! Know that were, because they were they loud were. as hell. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. a great time. <laughs> sorry, awesome. not sorry, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm not sorry. It's all good. Uh, let's see who it, I can't remember. That was run by uh, William. Okay. I don't yeah. know William. So. And then Peter ran again. Yeah. And that's uh, that's probably one of the first ones we're going to talk about here because he, uh, he was the first one to list a game or one of the first ones to list a game. And he's always super excited to come down for game day. He lives 
a few hours away and comes down for the afternoon and then drives back in the evening. So he called me afterwards last night. I was trying to do my own little gaming at home. And I was like teaching Gabriel, uh, my, my son, a, a board game. So when he called, I couldn't really talk to him at first. I had to call him back. But um, I got a copy of uh, Role Player. And yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the board game oh, Role Player. You know, I love that game. Yeah, um, yeah. I know I you guys introduced you to it. Which is, uh, well, I, I actually found pictures. What made me think was I found pictures. Uh, yeah, I found pictures of uh, when I was shown a demo of it a few years ago at the little game store that used to be in Park City. Um, I think it was uh, ah. Greg with Cardboard Carnage that came up and, and did a demo, and I wanted to check it out. And it's such a cool game because you're building a D&D character, basically, as a board game. The game is about using dice placement to build scores and class and background. I, I so. can't find my copy. I am this close to buying another copy. It's actually not a very expensive game either. It. I, I, it's actually a pretty affordable game because board games have gotten so ridiculous in price nowadays. I don't buy a ton the of them except for the game library. Decent, so. You know, I've, I've hardly bought anything this year and I've already spent a couple hundred dollars on the game library. <laughs> <laughs> I feel dumb sometimes. But uh, but yeah, I was in the middle of doing that and checking it out. So. And, and it's one of those you can do like a single player version of it. So when he went to bed, I, I was a boring person and, and played it through it myself to make sure I understood the rules. And kind of enjoyed it, which made me feel kind of dirty. I don't, I don't want to do that. Anyway, uh-huh. <laughs> gaming is about community to me. <laughs> I don't like being a community of one. It makes me feel sad. Uh-oh. I'm a little, uh, It'll be okay. a little divorced from everything out here, though. So, uh, except we, do, I mean, we're still doing a lot of gaming online. You know, um, uh, Richard and Joe are both in games that I run online, yep. and that, that's a lot of fun when we can get them in there. It's a lot of fun. Looking forward to some of that this week. Uh, yeah. We do get to do that this week, right, Joe? Last week yes. we had to take off. Okay. I was, yeah, I was trying last to week was a crazy, crazy week for me. Yeah, you you were starting like the you know, summer gig that I you do. I was starting a summer camp with a week-long camp out in a campground. So I was there from Monday through Friday. Friday, ev- Friday evening had a, game, a home game of D&D here straight mm-hmm. into game day yesterday. And today is relax. <laughs> Yep, good and call. record a podcast. <laughs> right. Well, this is kind of low pressure, right? Yeah. Uh, so Peter ran a uh, Savage Worlds game because that's what Peter does and does right. it well. Uh, he ran a, his, one of his, his Hound of the Baskervilles game, uh, one of the Man from Uncle scenarios, wasn't yeah. it? Um, how the how that guy now is that was that a new scenario? You played it before? I had I know he has ran it before. I had not played in it before. Okay, cool. I know we talked was, about some people being able to play some of the same characters yes. they had before, but I think he I, uses some of the, kind of the same team of characters for some different scenarios. Yeah, he has the same like nine or ten core characters that kind of are in a lot of the different games. So I've played some of these characters before, but not in this scenario. Oh, okay, cool. Was it so did you play a character you knew already? Um I had not actually played this one. I was Tex, which that pretty much sums him up right there. He's okay. <laughs> he's a man from actually, according to the character sheet, he's a man from Kansas, but moved down to Texas and is all about being from Texas. Nice. The sharpshooter. I mean, he's the. I mean, Did you do the draw? I heard you were drawing a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Joe doesn't do a ton of voices. That I no, I'm not so good at them, and it just sounds bad when I it try to. It does not matter whether you're yeah. good at them. <laughs> But that, I mean, Texas is easy enough. You just say whatever you're going to say, but slower. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Dude, so did you have a good time? Yeah. Um, like, it was Hound of the Baskerville, but set in modern times. So the we get a report that the Hound is coming back, and we got to go to Baskerville Hall, which is now a big hotel. <laughs> Naturally. And we find out that, oh, it's going to show up that night. So we're all, like, setting up a stakeout. I'm up on the roof of the hotel with my rifle ready to go. And this massive dog comes running out into the field, running straight towards the building. We have one of the other characters who has like a biology type background who's able to tell, wait, this this isn't natural. We don't know if it's mechanical, spiritual, what, but we know it's not natural. And it gets close and it breathes fire and it starts to run away. And one of the other players had a like a infrared drone and was able to see the hot spot right around its throat. So I did like a cold shot. I'm, I'm going to shoot right at its throat, hit a fuel tank, and just detonated this robotic dog all over the place. Nice. Like you do. Oh, yeah. yeah. But so. then it, it led from there into there was the, the Thrush agents. Those are the bad guys in Man from Uncle. Right. We're down the road with a mind control device trying to take over the world, and we had to get break into their warehouse they had set up. 
we all get knocked unconscious and we're in the boardroom. We have that big, like, oh, you're sitting around the table and the bad guys are around and, oh, everything's terrible. And we have to break out and stop the, the mind control, the big tower that they've built in this warehouse to take over the world. Uh, Peter said he couldn't roll with the shit. Said he, was yeah. rolling, he was rolling like double ones constantly or something. I think he rolled three double ones in a row on one turn. <laughs> It's a, there's a point at which you just after the third roll, you just kind of yeah. kind of just try to toss the dice in the corner and just kind of you know forget it. You guys win, yep. <laughs> man. But it was a it was a fun game. I mean, all of Peter game Peter's games are always really fun. I mean, they're all kind of that pulpy style of mm-hmm. pulling bits and pieces from different like like this, the Hound of the Baskerville and the Man from Uncle, and he always does a fantastic job tying it together and making it just feel real for the the time of the setting i i I like the fact i mean he knows the system so well he's very invested in it has been running it for a lot of years and then you know he's he's got caught up with suede really well with the newer system i think he's he's it's a his table is a great place to learn the game right and i which is sorry i don't remember her name but we had a player who was her first time playing savage worlds uh i bet i could tell you because i know everybody on the list uh was it olivia probably because i know the rest of you (laughs) yes so yeah it was their first time playing savage world they 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 seem to enjoy it the other lady at the table was shirley not her first time playing savage world (laughs) shirley played in my game too she is uh, an experienced she knows good knows what she's doing yeah yeah she does and is good about helping other people too yeah yeah, so Olivia kind of picked it up and was okay with it. Yeah. Get, figure it I out. mean, and that's the great thing with Savage Worlds is as long as you have someone who knows the system well enough, it's easy to explain to a new person and within 15 minutes you're you're head like you're so, you're in there, you know. We'll find doing. out how easy. I I'm actually about to introduce my son to Savage. He, he's played D&D quite a bit and he knows D&D and loves D&D, so that's what we've been sticking with for the last couple of years. He's 13. Um but you know, he's gotten to that point where he wants to try different stuff and right. uh since it's just a few as a home, I got an idea for a little game where he and his mom are a sci-fi thing where they're playing like Mercs um on you know, spend on send on specific missions. And uh, he already wrote up his character. He got through that process pretty well. Yeah. And tonight we actually get a chance to start playing. So I tried to explain how some of the stuff works uh, beforehand. And he looked at me and nodded a bunch. And I said, do you get it? He said, no. <laughs> and kept on nodding. <laughs> to the world of step dice. And that's the thing. I, I tell a lot of people, it's like, it's like people that read the book, pick up the book and look at it. And in the first, I had the same reaction. It's like, I don't understand why this is fun. <laughs> right. But it I is. I don't get on this. And the, but you have to try Especially it. Especially after the fifth explosion in a row. Exactly. You're like, oh, I'm going to try to shoot this guy. Oh, explosions. 27 you know, to hit. Okay. I got like eight <laughs> raises. That's a success you know what's in 18 funny? raises. You know what's funny? I did, the first place I remember running into exploding dice, I think, was in Earth Dawn. Do you remember that game? No, uh, vaguely. And it was in the 90s. And I was so not excited at the time. I was like, this makes this game so fucking swingy. Mm. I love it in Savage Worlds. I don't know what yeah. happened to me. I'm getting older and I just want games to be more fun. <laughs> you know? It is great when you're like, hey, make a notice check and it explodes a bunch. And you're like, you know what? Here, just read my notes. You see all of this. <laughs> <laughs> and John, you ran the other path or the other Savage Worlds. Yeah, Savage Worlds yeah. Pathfinder. Yeah, it was Savage. It was I did. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the the Savage World stuff. Um, I really like what they're doing. I, I ran the Pathfinder uh, Savage Worlds. Whatever uh, they've they've taken uh, Pathfinder and rebuilt it with Savage Worlds suede rules. Um, which is a great preview of the fantasy companion, which is out in alpha right now for mm-hmm. Kickstarter backers or not I Kickstarter. See, they're not doing Kickstarter. I anymore. do see a lot of stuff in the in the fantasy companion that came from the Pathfinder or is inspired. Oh yeah, by. absolutely. <laughs> so it, it's a great way to try out what that fantasy companion's going to be, and it's really interesting how. And I don't want to get belabor mechanics too much, but how just a couple of tweaks to the magic system makes it really feel much more magic rich and interesting for running games. Um, I found Savage Worlds, uh, the previous edition, really frustrating to try and run with uh, in an Eberron D&D setting because the magic just didn't feel the same. But yeah. I could see using 
this version for Eberron easily. Jonica was real, just, real critical about that. She, uh, we did some Savage Fantasy that I ran some Freeport stuff, which of course Freeport's yeah. been written up for a lot of systems. But she was used to D and D when we were in fantasy, and she's like, "This is not. I don't. I don't dig this." You know, she could do it and did it and made a great character with it, but she felt so limited. And the, right. when you're used Which, to D D magic, that is yeah. the difference. Man. Right, right. Well, now the and the, the tweak that they've done is all powers have there, there's a, bu- a bunch of modifiers that you can use on any power, and a bunch that are specific to each particular power. And every time you cast the spell you choose which modifiers you want to use. So a simple bolt power that you have is all kinds of different spells all at once. Um, and, you know, and enhanceability is all kinds of different things all at once. And so suddenly they're really, really flexible toolboxes. So just really, really cool. Depending on the amount of power you have and how much you're willing to put into it. But there's rules for casting spells with fewer power points than are required. So you can take risks and short it. And what you do is uh, if you fail when you're shorting a spell, it it automatically is a critical failure. So you're risking those big, bad results. But, and so we we actually, in my game, had a situation where uh, uh, Tad's wizard uh, was doing that because he was running out of power points and they were in a tough fight. And he was... Casting spells with a couple of points points short because he had a stack of bennies and figured he could re-roll till he got what he needed. Because uh, they were getting a lot of jokers last night. Ted's very strategically minded about stuff like that. Oh I, yeah, I've, I've seen it, so, him push push the limits on stuff before. But that's that's where so so D and D has always been very good about that kind of strategy. And when you're working in Savage Worlds, a lot of the time that exploding dice thing puts people in a situation where they just roll and hope that they explode. Yeah, yeah. and what. For somebody who really wants a more strategic version of the game, they can play a wizard and really dig into that. And I think that's just really cool. That's good, because that is kind of one of the, I think one of the weaknesses a little bit with the Savage World sub setup is since you can't always rely on things to have, um, well, the odds are just out of whack. You know, so you plan for things like like with uh, with D and D when you know what your spell slots look like, you know what your options are, what your bonuses are, then you can you can make a really clear assessment a lot of times about how much you can do and how much you can need to reserve. When the real mechanic with Savage Rolls a lot of times about what you got to reserve turns out to be the bennies. Right. You know, everything right. else is something you just got to, I mean, I mean, it's not all spray and pray, but it, it is a lot of just kind of throw your hat in the ring because you never know. And the problem is if you reserve too long on stuff, you know, because you, like like again in D&D, the attrition is clear as well. You know, mm-hmm. I if I, I can take another hit from this guy, you know, I, I can I can survive another round before doing this big thing if if he doesn't go down, that sort of thing. Right. <laughs> you can't really do that in Savage Worlds no. with the exploding dice. <laughs> no, not right. at all. Oh, I'm fine. I can take a hit. Oh, he he had six oh, natural twenty. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. So that makes a difference. Um, so the game went well. People did people like the? I guess that's a big question. People, I know because I'm sure some of the players were people that were familiar with both you know Pathfinder slash D and D and Savage. Yeah, I uh, most of the players at the table had played Savage Worlds before. Mm-hmm. Uh, three out of the five had, and so it was nice to have some experience at the table. Um, always and uh, yeah, and that that always helps. Um, but yeah, I think everybody had a good time. Um, we uh, the adventure is a little bit long uh, for that four-hour slot. So we were uh, using fast combat to try and get through some of the sort of yard trash stuff in the final dungeon to get to a uh, sort of a, a more satisfying conclusion. Um, but other than that, I mean, uh, people got to try out the rules. People got to have a good time. People got to laugh. What else do you need? Nice, nice. I got, I got to try. Eat fast food. Uh, yeah, there you go. I, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting to that point in my life where that excuse is not so good for me. Uh, <laughs> oh, a lot lately. I'm just kind of. Eh. We went to a. Mm. Uh, yeah, I live in um, Alamosa, in Colorado. We went to a little festival they had here yesterday, which was you know 83 degrees. No, I mean no, no break from the wind and the sun, and right. Um, but it was like at a you know park with a lot of like walking around between booths. A lot of people selling because because the area we're in, a lot of people selling Native American things and you know beaded jewelry and um, and and uh, my wife is on crutches right now. 
because she <laughs> broke her fucking ankle. <laughs> We've talked about it on the show, I think. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Joe pointed out that you know, he wouldn't make jokes about it if he thought. Yeah, no, I him. wouldn't have been making fun of her if she was, you know, still in Kansas. So, <laughs> but I, it was, you know, it was, it was, so we didn't get to do much of it. But uh, the, the food was the thing I was looking at and going, because I love food trucks and stuff. I mean, sometimes I mean, maybe I'm spoiled by Wichita too, because Wichita just has some amazing freaking food trucks, but they're always expensive, you know, yeah. and you just don't, I mean, you can't eat healthy that way. I mean, not typically. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, do I do this to myself? And we ended up, fortunately, she couldn't stick it out very long. So we ended up going home before I had to <laughs> deal with that problem. But uh, one of those moments. Uh, you know, Rich, you um, you weren't in uh, any of the Savage stuff yesterday. You did other stuff. Yeah, no, I did uh, Call of Cthulhu, and then I was in the, the Spice World. Uh, yeah. Okay, we'll get to that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely get to that one. Uh, so what was the, the COC was uh, Sean running it, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, you know, I, I like Call of Cthulhu Mythos. And I know, like, I, I'm not into horror as it is, but I like some of the stories, and I like some of the Call of Cthulhu stuff, and I'm like, all right, this is cool, this is cool, this is cool. I, th I think I finally found my line where I'm like, mm, okay, this is a little creepy even for me. Found <laughs> <laughs> your threshold? That's impressive. There, there was a point, uh, although it didn't help any that literally we all get to the table, right? And he's like, all right, does anybody want to pick anything? And one person had one thing that they wanted to select. They wanted to be a particular type of person, like the security officer type person. They got to pick between one of the two security officers. The rest of us are like, we don't care. Just randomly <coughs> Shuff, drew shuffle and hand out. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a nurse. I had a nurse with the um, worst stat for sanity because, you know, I'm very scientific minded. So I'm not very flexible when it comes to the other world stuff. <laughs> and Oops. so here I am having to play the person who doesn't believe any of this. Hmm. I've been I that was, guy before. I was the first to almost go insane because I dropped to zero, which wasn't enough to kick me over, uh, over for the number I could lose in a single session. Uh, and then I actually went under first. So I went crazy first. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, it was... Do. It was From what I heard, story. most of that table went crazy. We did. We did. Almost all of us. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then the person who's like with the. Anyways, it's, it's, it's such a <laughs> crazy story. But the person was with the person who was passed out, kept waking up at most peculiar times. Ended up being able to say, I told you so. Although most of us didn't care because we were halfway out of our mind at that point. I love the fact that whenever Sean lists a uh, uh, Call of Cthulhu game, it's inscrutable what the hell it's about because the, the paragraph <laughs> of description told me nothing, nothing about this we, game. We were in New Orleans as Katrina was <laughs> Oh, rolling hence the in. name Flood, right. I saw it was called yeah. Flood. Yeah. yeah, no, we were there. Uh, it was when it flooded. Our we, had, we were the last group that was supposed to get evacuated out of the hospital. The transport was two hours away. We had like five residents left with us, and we Ooh. ended up having to get to the roof Oof. while being attacked by sharkmen. Nice, nice. <laughs> there you go. That, that's interesting. A swarm. Did, did of you guys get sharkmen. the? Did you guys get the little badge stickers I made? Yes, mm -hmm. yes, we did. I I liked the, I liked putting them one together for the Cthulhu game because I knew nothing about it, so I just kind of found a you know like at sea eldritch horror type thing or something. But. but it it was it was an interesting story. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the system. Um, cool. I like percentile dice. So I I don't care for the <laughs> I do not care for the Call of Cthulhu system at all. I, I'm Basic role playing more into it. Uh, and 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 Sean and Eli love it. And I I you know I I'm very uh, happy that they're passionate. I just but I think one of the things I love about it is you can do anything with it. You know, it's a versatile system, and you know it's it's not very demanding. But uh, I just I've discovered a long time ago that percentile dice and I do not get along <laughs> when it comes to relying on them for everything. See, but then I can pull out my three or four different hundred sided dice and use those. Right? I mean, really, Joe, percentile you're a dice freak. are just <laughs> D10s with subsegments underneath your D10. <laughs> but uh, if you have a D100, you might as well use it. Oh, they roll or, forever. No, no. <laughs> 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 might as well no. use it. 
I can't even to buy that. I, there's I there's a tinge of desperation yet. in his voice. Yeah. Did you notice? <laughs> I, I haven't bought one yet, but I know I will f- break soon and get one. But they have like the full like inch and a half across D100s that are solid metal. Oh my god! Oh, breaks the table. Put dents You're in the right. table. Oh man. Okay. Sounds like the type of thing that should put you on the list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a couple. I have a couple of the large Z twenties that are solid, and yeah, you put you that get, in a sock, and you can kill someone. Yeah, I was gonna say you yeah, hit yeah. that with a golf club. You could you could assassinate from a distance, sir. <laughs> yeah, do you have to drive to Texas to buy that? <laughs> <laughs> what good is assassinating at a distance if you have to go up there and find out from the die stuck in the person's head what the How die well roll was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dang, it was 37 a, it was a again. You, it was a birdie. What the hell do you need to know? Um, uh, John, what did you do in the afternoon? You did. You did your. You ran your game in the evening. Right, I ran my game in the evening. In the afternoon, I played in uh, Eli's uh, um, Monster of the Week. Game. Oh yeah, Monster of the Week. Yeah, yeah. It was a great, great game. I remember when she first um, came across that system. Did we? Did we showcase that? Do you guys remember Monster of the Week on our? I don't think we showcased no, that because so. I think the last time I played that was at a game day a long time ago under Kurt. Maybe I'll see if she wants to showcase it this summer. Or was it Monster said, of the Week or a different one? No, it's Monster of the Week. I'm sure it was. Uh, yeah, Kurt's, Kurt's run it. I know that but he I has bought a does. copy. I have a copy. I haven't ran yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to be buying a copy. It's too good a game to not own. Was yeah. it Was it good? It, it, it really, looked really pretty good. simple. It looked pretty like it had pretty simple rules. The but. book's not big, but it's a fun. It's one. it's so it's it's one of those games that comes out of Evil Hat where you get the book, but you also get like play sets mm-hmm. for each particular sort of class or persona or whatever you're going to play. And so there's a lot of flexibility, but a lot of sort of guidance. So we were able to build our characters just sitting there at the table because it's really a matter of four or five choices. Uh, and, but there's still so much that's tied to that archetype that you're playing that each of our characters has a lot of personality. So, um, Hmm. you know, I, I played the, uh, the, the grizzled old expert and I decided he was a, uh, lecturer, not a professor, although he tries to get people to call him professor, uh, from, from, uh, uh, and his PhD is from an unaccredited university, but that's all just political. But uh, uh, it's it's. But he's, you know, he trades on the idea that he was a consultant for the FBI, but he was only a consultant once, and they've never called him back again. Um, just, just all of this stuff trying to undermine him. And but you know, in the playset, he's got a lair, you know, where a, a home base, and he gets special powers based on that. So I have like a reference library that I decided was uh, Linux-based computers with Alta Vista to look stuff up on. And, uh, so just because all kinds Alta of Vista junk to like find that. The good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Dude. And, you know, so I had a grand time making that character, but it's all in this little uh, managed uh, playset that gives me a lot of room to be creative within those, those stipulations. So I think... Those kind of games, and, and uh, that's the way uh, Blades in the Dark works. Uh, right. I just find those really fun, especially for uh, this sort of uh, uh, one-shot convention game. And this probably works better for one-shots because Blades is so invested in the sort of crew that you have and, and advancing the crew and, and all yeah. that. This is a single adventure, and it, it just works really well for that. So I thought I think it's a fun system, and... Anything Eli does is fun. So I think win, the win. better part about it, it's it, it can be episodical, and so you can have different cast members. Sure. Each yeah. episode, so it doesn't you know it's no big deal. You get together for a night with whoever's available. Cool. Do right. the episode. You have a different team next week. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah. So well, I, I like I said, I looked at it, but I never. I'd never uh, run it or had a chance to play it, so I was really curious. Hey, our, our, our monster that week was a soul eater that uh, was um, susceptible to the sound of its own screeching voice. It would, um, and that would cause us to lose memories, especially recent memories, so we would forget why we were doing things we were doing. <laughs> uh, and it also hated its own re- reflections and stuff like that. So not just sound reflections, but also... Uh, uh, like mirrors and stuff like that. So uh, because it fed on memories, um, we found a uh, defunct roller rink and lured it to uh, the roller rink by convincing a local old folks home 
which I believe Eli decided was named uh, Prismatic Acres or something like that. Oh, so that's very kind for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, old fight, we, we set up a to. bridge night for the local old folks home there at the thing, covered the disco ball with a big trash bag and a rope so that we could expose it at the last minute. Stole from Supernatural and put a magic circle in the ceilings over the, mm -hmm. the roller rink. So if we could get the monster to the roller rink, we could trap it there. And then set up a sound system so that we could record its voice and play it back to it to, to damage it. Um, and at one point, uh, I had like uh, been hit by its voice and forgotten why I was there. <laughs> and I was the one supposed to be running the, the audio system. Oh, no. Uh, and Eli, we, we, I, I said, I knew this thing was going to affect my memory. Did I write, you know, instructions for myself <laughs> on my arm? And so, yeah, apparently I did. So <laughs> that is some convoluted fuckery, sir. It was definite fuckery. Uh, uh, and you know, it might've been a little, uh, unkind to the old folks, but they've had full lives. <laughs> uh, I don't, it was not That's nice. Probably but... the most exciting day they've had in a while. <laughs> they didn't really understand what was going on anyway. It was fun and messy and chaotic, and we laughed a lot. So, <laughs> Prismatic Acres, where you <laughs> will not remember whether or not it was a good place to be. Yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, I guess we need to talk about it, dude. Oh. The, uh... <laughs> so, uh, Joe, Punk, Joe dropped yes. this bomb on us in the Blast podcast. It's like, yeah, I found this Who game. the world? I'm going to yes. put it on the on the schedule. It was insane. It's Spice Punk 1997. It's a real simple two-page RPG, and it was absolutely insane and chaotic and hilarious. Oh, no. You're welcome. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you start the game, you, you, like, you build your Spice Girl who you are, and... You can, you don't have to, it's like, you're not limited to the actual five. You create your own. It could be literally anything. So we had, let's see, I have my list here. We had oil spice, disodium spice, <laughs> money spice, lucky spice. And then when Alicia showed up a little later, all spice. <laughs> now, did you write these up in advance or did they pick those? No, nope. they picked those at the table. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You, I handed out, there are these little, maybe like a three by five piece of paper that is your character sheet. And it's, you put your person's actual name. That doesn't matter because no one goes by that name. Like your been, spice probably, I don't name. think anybody called me Joe. I've been called, no. I would have been like Pepto-Bismol Spice or something. It's like, right. Kind of... So then you, you pick your spice name like that. You then pick <laughs> your special item because every, every Spice Girl has to have a signature item. Which oh, could no. be anything. It doesn't have to relate to your name but it could and okay that's oh and then um you pick a number between two and five and the i gotta remember which way it is the, the higher the number under, yeah yeah the, the higher the number you pick the better you are at doing okay. stuff related to who you are the lower number you pick the better you are at everything else oh so okay I, I picked a four so if i roll a four or under I can do whatever I want with oil or, you know, mechanic stuff. So anything oil-based mechanics. Or if I'm doing anything else, I have to roll a, over a four. Oh, I get you. Yeah. So the better I am at my specialty, the worse I am at everything else. What dice do you use for the roll? So like a D6. Spice. It's just all a D6. a D6. And in the game, if you're using your item, you get an extra die. If people are helping, you can get another one. But you're just trying yeah, to get at least dice. one success. Cool. And the part that adds even more chaos is you use, they're called Rory's Story Cubes, if you've ever seen these. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually <laughs> showing those to uh, my son the other day. I, I actually did a demo. I wonder if I could find it. I did a demo video for somebody years ago with those things. And uh, I've kept them in my little Savage World survival kit ever since because there are times when I've just been out of fucking ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and or times when I when I don't even want to have an idea and I'm going to sit down and run something because like everybody want, we would just want to play something right now. So I just roll out the cubes and then I will one at a time come up with ways to incorporate something from the cube into the narrative and yeah. kind of move them over to the other side of my screen. I had and never seen them before. Oh, I had yeah, never seen them, and I, oh, I bought a set it. of the basic ones. For you're this. a dice fiend. How could you not see these? They will be part of your travel set. Yeah. Well, I've I've been <laughs> looking now. There's a whole bunch of different like fiends so and many. all kinds. I'm, I'm going to mm. start buying more of them because they're awesome. But anytime you rolled the number you picked, 
like you my succeeded four. at what you were doing, but you'd throw three of those cubes, and the table would have to interpret what came up <laughs> and how it relates to the story. <laughs> oh my god, no! So we basically gave ourselves advantages and shot ourselves in the feet at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the basic story here? Did, I um, mean, and and did you plan it ahead of time? Well, yeah. basically, no. Okay. There's on the two-page thing. There's a chart of four. Oh, no. different things that you roll a <laughs> d6 on and you create your issue and i let because at the beginning there was four players alicia showed up a little later i let each one of them roll the d6 and that decided our story and it was that let's see a global fashion terrorist wants to create the fans that will break up the spice girls okay. and we quickly decided that it was not creating like a fan base but physical fans. fans that he was going <laughs> to sneak into a concert and mess up their hair and clothing which is obviously what would destroy the spice girls right right absolutely wow so they jumped into their tour bus that they were able to create and were traveling around london trying to stop this fashion terrorist so, so do you we should talk is there the like a, we have to create the bus a rule yes. set for creating the bus <laughs> yes there is okay it's simple but yeah it's uh, you pick two strengths and then a problem that your bus has so they picked they picked that their bus was fast and bigger on the inside i like that and then their mm. problem was that they had an annoying driver who wouldn't stop singing meatloaf songs i like that uh, <laughs> and then you pick a name and they pick taco express we did so, we did so we, we were going to have a taco you, bar in the back but it's bigger on the inside so we actually had a whole cantina in the back oh nice there you so, so did you uh, role play singing meatloaf songs all yeah now time? because i don't have nearly as extensive of a musical knowledge as rich i i was more quoting the uh, titles of songs than singing the songs themselves you <laughs> got most of the song that way yeah, yeah and really. Shoehorned in paradise, especially by the when, especially because the so. titles are really long, yeah. right? You know. Yeah. At one point, Lucky Spice is on the bus driver's name was Paco Taco, of course, <laughs> and she gets on his lap to throw a coin out the window into a toll booth. So of course he starts singing Paradise by the Dashboard Light. <laughs> oh, man. that's awful. Yeah. How'd it go? It was oh, it was crazy. We 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 oh. threw a flashback into the game. We did uh, on that coin toss though. That was where she made it into the coin hit into the toll to get out of London, get out of yes. the London Central. But she hit the number exactly, so we brought in the story dice. That's when a turtle took off with our songbook and was running to the river, and we had to go chase the turtle. So yeah. we actually had to pay to leave London twice because we had to go after our songbook. What? Yeah, so th- so they have to like, get into scuba suits, jump into the River Thames, chasing <laughs> down a turtle to get their songbook back. Did you use a map of London for this? No, he I should didn't. have. I, I had should to keep have. telling him where the river yeah, was. Yeah, I just I didn't get a chance to bring up a map of London, so it was just kind of I went. He's like, it's on the like, north side. Sure. He's like, it's on the north side. I'm like, well, good because Big Ben's on the north side. <laughs> and it, so, then we get towards the end, and they they have this songbook that. One of the people's special items was condoms. So he, to protect the book after it went through the river, oh, no. he threw it into oh, one, geez. tied it up. In it. So we get to the end. They go to pull it out. I'm like, well, it's been in there for a couple of days, and it's all wet and moldy. So he's like, all right, well, I put that to the side, and I grabbed the other songbook off the shelf. We chased down <laughs> this other songbook for no reason, <laughs> which is totally a Spice World thing. Wow. Did you have a question, John? Because I, have I, I was just wondering if... if- <laughs> I mean, lots and lots of questions. Was there a specialty on the taco bar that was a meatloaf taco? Because it seems like Paco <gasps> Taco, the meatloaf singing driver, would have wanted that. Probably, but it never came up. Uh, oh, missed opportunities. Man. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it was there. We just didn't mention it in this episode. Yeah. But like towards the end, they get to the fan district where there was only fans. <laughs> And they have collected these large industrial fans that have four-leaf clovers instead of blades. And they're going to deliver them to Rad Ruggs, who was the fashion terrorist. (laughs) And then they realize, wait, we have the fans that he's supposed to be getting into our concert to destroy us. And Rich, and like someone says, oh, we should have, we should have trapped them. And Rich said, or did did we? we? And I'm like, all right, flashback to you booby trapping the fans. And so we had to roll to see if we successfully had put in these traps ahead of time. And then there's in the game, there is a mechanic to get kicked out of the band. 
And it full on says, if you get kicked out of the band, you just instantly write up a new character and that character just appears there, <laughs> which, which happened to Lucky sure. Spice. Lucky was kicked lucky was out of the band. Lucky. No. She picked two. She had yeah, to roll so, under a two to be lucky. So oh. she would keep trying to be lucky and was failing. Was and when lucky. you fail at what your specialty is, that you do that too many times, you get kicked out of the band. So Gosh. then Lucky came back at the very end as the one trying to sabotage the band and it failed miserably in her face. Cool. <laughs> well, there you go. Because I did a I flashback to figure out she was going to mess it up. Am yeah. fucking speechless. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all were at the end of that game. <laughs> it was a thing. Wow. Yeah, I... Uh, thank you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I had recorded it. I thought about pulling up my computer and recording it, and I wished yeah. I had, because even with my re- computer recording, it would have been better than nothing. You know what? Yeah. That's actually, for just these occasions, particularly when Joe is running a game... <laughs> I should really you need. I need a, to get you one of the Zoom recorders so you can sit yeah. in the middle of the table with its four little microphones. Four-way microphone, know. better than yeah. I mean, I didn't think I was going to be able to top Wendy's, but <laughs> I did, and now I have to find something else out there that's even more ridiculous. It was like, a spicy game. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, John, do you um, know what you're going to do for Salamicon now? Because I know you were t- you were talking about this Pathfinder thing. Um. A lot depends upon. I, I may just look at what I can do with uh, the the Savage Worlds fantasy and do something that's not set in the Pathfinder world. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been looking at um, just noodling about some sort of urban fantasy kind of setting things. I think that could be a lot of fun. Oh, cool! Um, just mm-hmm. really breaking up the. Um, I mean the the tradi- I mean to really do your urban fantasy, you need this sort of really flexible uh, rule set. Mm-hmm. Um, you could you could do do it with just uh, vanilla suede, but you wouldn't have that real magic focus that you kind of want that urban fantasy thing to have. Um, you know, Harry Des Dresden would be hard to do with pure suede, but uh, the the fantasy version is going to make it easier because the magic is so rich. That wouldn't have occurred to me. Yeah, I I've. I definitely love the genre, and mm-hmm. and for example, the Dresden Files are amazing novels. I just, I mean, I love the feel of it, and uh, I never considered how I would approach it with Savage Worlds, and that would definitely would make a difference. Of course, Dresden's got, a, I guess, a system out there with Fate, which is obviously very well suited to it too. <laughs> I, I I've run it, um, uh, both the, the Fate and the Fate Accelerated versions, and I dig those a lot too. I think um, you ran the FAE for us on yeah. uh, the, the oh, yeah, yeah, Friday yeah, yeah. night thing. Yeah. I thought it sounded familiar. <laughs> which was the first time I got to try Fate Accelerated. Um, it's I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's simple. It was, yeah, it was so really got simple. A chance to play Accelerated. I it's another one. It doesn't do the play sets, but the characters that you choose, those, those uh, archetypes that you choose, give you a lot of... Uh, uh, sort of customized things to choose from. A little from and, and too much flexibility, I think. FAE is very much yeah. like, if you can find a way to bullshit that you're good at this thing, yeah, you're yeah, good yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am a good bullshitter. Yeah. You know, when all you have is a hammer, you find a way to use a hammer to do all sorts of things other than just hammering and nails. <laughs> that was Alicia's specialty tool. And the yeah, game, her special and the tool was the hammer. And she used it to... She brought the hammer. And at one point during their big concert, the the replacement for Lucky Spice, Top Spice, comes out in her signature six-inch thigh-high Union Jack leather boots, and the heel breaks off because of a bad roll. So Alicia, the oh, she was uh, all, spice, all Spice, pulls out a mini hammer and shoves it up underneath and replaces of the heel. Of course she does. <laughs> and rolled really well. Yeah. So it worked. Yeah. All right. You got a hammer there. Well, uh, I guess, it, I mean, obviously there were, there were some other games that went on that we don't really know necessarily how they did, but a good time was had. Yeah. It sure feels like it. I, every, it everybody so, seems to be having a good time. It was so great to do an in-person event again. It makes me that much more excited for the, yeah. the con my, this my, fall. My biggest problem with the in-person event stuff is I'm in the middle of moving this weekend. Oh, and no. so all my crap was boxed up. And so I had to, you know, to go find just minis and dice and Savage Worlds gimmick stuff and whatever you have. Uh, I have to go digging through and tear stuff up. So today's getting back into to moving mode and packing mode. I have to go repack all the shit I tore up yesterday. Wow, <laughs> it's lovely. 
I just did the moving thing, so I feel for you. Yeah. That's not not fun. And it disrupted fucking everything. Even even forgetting forgiving the fact that I was moving out of state to and so it was gonna, you know, kind of change things anyway. But it just it messes with everything. And of course, um, if your wife breaks her ankle in the process of unloading the first load. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Break yeah. a leg anyway. is a theater thing, not a moving <laughs> I <thing>. mean <laughs> if you're gonna break your leg though. <laughs> right <laughs> right as, as things are getting picking time, the yes. right time to do it is really important yeah she definitely <laughs> didn't have a you, you know what though i i think i'd still rather have been dealing with all the unloading than yeah. be dealing with what she's been dealing with the last right. several weeks but uh i think at this point the next game day we do because we'll do another one before the con obviously i was gonna ask awesome. yeah um, i was gonna I ask will, the same thing i'll try to be down I think um, given how how good the turnout was and how great a time everybody had. And and uh, Lynn uh, ran the, the kind of front of house for us on everything, and um, she did an amazing job. Yeah, yeah. She took a bunch of pictures that she, she sent me, awesome. kept me updated on, on sales. And, Lynn uh, was awesome. You know, she's been she'd been running front desk for the con reception and uh, reception registration for the con for uh, since the day one, you know, in 2014. So she knows how to do a lot of the stuff that's just smaller scale. And I was able to just kind of send her badges and stuff in the mail that I put together and, and uh, stickers and all that stuff and name tags and, and everything else she did on her own. And I, you know, had her pick up the flyers and it was a. Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot to put on her shoulders, and she was uh, like, and I'm, I'm talking about it just because I, if she happened to listen, I just want her to know how much I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, because the entire Thank week, leading, the entire week leading up to that, she was sick as she could fucking be. Oh, you know, she was so sick she didn't touch her phone for four or five days. I could not get a hold of her. Oof. You know, That's I tried. Sick. From Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, who doesn't touch their fucking phone? Right. <laughs> you know, but she just, they're, they're, I guess when, you know, the choice is, you know, if I open my eyes long enough to look at my phone, I'm going to throw up or something. You yeah. just kind of deal. Um, <laughs> yeah, wow. So, I mean, huge. She and Toby were there and uh, kind of kept things rolling. And uh, I really, really appreciate that. So looking forward to Looking forward to being there for the next one if I can, though. I think it'll be fun. Am I, uh, Jonathan and I are planning to come to Wichita for Anime Fest, which is coming up the last weekend of June. Uh, cool. They're at uh, the Hyatt Century 2. So if uh, you are listening and you're around at that time, uh, definitely come by and see us. We'll have the tea booth. We'll have the convention booth. We'll be selling tickets again there as well. Um, do some drawings and some giveaways. And uh, uh, we were going to try to do some tea-related panels, but I don't think what we had in mind is going to work out because we don't have the uh, the equipment for it. But um, that'll be fun. And get a chance to see some of y'all. I know I'll get a chance now, to see Joe. <laughs> now, if uh, people wanted to get a hold of some of this tease, where would they go, Rich? Uh, shop. Thank you, guys. <laughs> At least I'm not a shill. Oh, right. dude, we we'll should make a one-page dungeon for Assam Tease. <laughs> Don't. There you go. <laughs> that, that's a Joe game right there. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I'd run. For the next game day. <laughs> mm. so uh yeah and we'll be bringing everything with us you know to sell and everything so um if there's anything you want to buy while you're there obviously that's the thing yeah it's it's funny it's like it's it's so integrated with what we do because it's our business and we sell at the con and we sell at other cons and go to other cons and um i was uh talking to um alfinius goo from gooey cube uh just before the show today and uh, we're we're working a deal to get them to come down to the convention because they bring they they make amazing adventures and have a great setting and stuff that goes with it. A very kind of old school approach with with adventures that are in box sets, and these right. are massive box sets. They're they're huge and they have like just all this material in them, a lot of handouts and art and all this stuff. Um, and just and, and and adventures that are in a style and a quality that I really really dig. You know, they're very story driven and, you know, character driven and just the kind of thing that really works for me. And I've never gotten to, to run any of it. I've, the only one I got a copy of is the first one. And I, I need to kind of talk me to give me a deal <laughs> right. <laughs> on the other boxes. But I've um, looked at their stuff online. It's all gorgeous it's beautiful, material. Beautiful. And uh, they're, you know, we're, we're trying to get them down to Wichita for the convention. It's a bit of drive for them. They're from Colorado. Uh, they're in the Springs area, so it's not too bad. But, you know, they do. I, I first ran into them at Genghis Khan up in Denver, and they put on a real show. I mean, 
they just uh, they run some events and stuff. And and I even if all I could do is get them to come down, run some games, and maybe do a panel or two or something where we'll talk about kind of what we love about gaming and and you know kind of yeah. give some advice on how game masters can kind of get there. I know um, there's a certain style of game that I've been promoting kind of just naturally as part of my my approach for years. And uh, there's a lot of gamers like you know Joe. We talked about it. You sit down at at the at a table, you know, with a new game master. You have to learn what they're doing and acclimate. Yeah. And you guys have really adjusted, adapted, and really love what we're doing together. And I learn more about that craft every time I, I work with new players. Yeah. So it's it's huge for me to have that opportunity. And and you and Alicia have been fantastic addition to my gaming table because yeah. of that. And a lot and of fun. I always like trying to play with different GMs and at different tables because every table has a different feel definitely even on the other side like i've ran a couple times the same game with different tables and it has a not only does the story go different ways it feels completely different just because of this is a more tactical group this is a more role play group that right just it's it's a great experience to see the different tables but he, he and I were talking about it, and, it's, and it was funny because I'd mention my wife, and he'd say, the tea lady. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what we're known for now. And I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to bringing it back to town. And uh, I, I thought she was known for her issue with clouds. That's, well, that was that's, previous. That's the old yeah. school podcast stuff right there, you know. <laughs> you know, Metagamers Anonymous passed its 10-year mark this year. Wow. We've done this over 10 years. I'm going to get some chips made, like the mm-hmm. like the the other like the like the support points. groups. Yeah, some challenge coins. They have like the support group, you know. Yeah. You, you've made 10 years, 10 years, I don't know. Not 10 years without metagating. Nobody does that. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but get like the logo on one side and the like 10 on the back or something. Just kind of, yeah, for, for you guys and for, you know, anybody, anybody else that's been a fan of the show and been involved with the show over the years. I think it'd be kind of fun. Something to hand out this year. Octopus working a soundboard. <laughs> um, wow, that's very, that's very meta. I like that. It's really, that's very inside <laughs> baseball there, dude. <laughs> Home Slice has not had the best ear. So <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just a couple of holes, really. Yeah, yeah I just want to see know, the headphones cool. on him. <laughs> I do like that. We're gonna have to work on that. But, but he's got the right number of arms to reach around and do all the knobs. Right. More than I can. That's for damn sure. Right. <laughs> but I already have to replace some of my shoddy equipment. I don't need an octopus trying to manipulate it. <laughs> oh yeah, water and <sighs> water and sound ports don't work. Nah, it'll be fine. It's fine. No issue fine. there. I hear that. I guess it would give me an excuse to buy new equipment. Yeah. Ooh. Support me on Patreon at no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll shill the tea. You shill the Patreon. You know, I uh, I did a, vid- a YouTube video this week. Did you guys see that? I don't, uh, no, I didn't. Did no. and I had to stop watching it because I haven't watched the show. No spoilers in it. To. I know, but you know, there's no I spoilers in it. I d- I made it because Strange uh, Stranger Things, yeah, Stranger Things season four made a reference at the beginning of the first That's episode. Right. I made it through the second, panic. so I may listen to it now. To the moral panic. And, um, and and that's all it is. It wasn't about strange things at all. I just brought it up because I know there's younger people that watch that show and go, what's that all about? So I just kind of talking about the moral panic of the, of the 1980s. Yeah, it was the thing. The details. Yeah. You know, about where it came from. But it was kind of that's fun true. to do a, sit down and do a real video again. And and uh, Gabriel was my cameraman. He was doing all the little switching perspectives my, and stuff. It's great. My neighbors couldn't play with us because we played D&D stuff. Oh, your parents seasons, were super religious. This season set in '86, which is when I graduated high school. So it is like so on the nose for cultural mm. touchstones for an old dude like right? me. Right. It's like, oh my god, love that, that show. Was there too. This is oh, where I try to make you feel real old that I was uh, born in '86. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do that. I, I graduated '88. Vanessa was um, born in '88. Yeah, pretty pretty sure um, everybody here felt pretty old anyway, Joe. So yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> it's all right. You're all old. You'll forget that I said that. I'm just glad I'm not the old. Who's who's talking? Mm-hmm. Who's talking? <laughs> Can't hear him. Just enjoy the enjoy the skate rink. Well, welcome to Prismatic uh, Retirement Home. Prismatic Acres. I will move into Prismatic Acres just as soon as it's open. I don't think that's a good idea at all, sir. I got to tell you. Are you kidding? A gaming-based uh, uh, retirement home? Yeah, but yeah. I know the lady that runs it, and you are not going to be happy about that in the long run. A lot of good tea, though. But Eli so and I cookies. have... 
Eli and I have one thing uh, very much in common for some reason, despite the fact that our gaming styles have are, are very different. Um, we both turn everything into horror without meaning to. Oh, wait. No, she means to. Yep. Yeah, she totally means right. to. <laughs> yeah, Death no, becomes it's, her. it's great. It's great. Well, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me and talking a little about what I missed out on yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I was really we wanting to hear you. the stories anyway, so... Yeah, uh, someone said my name came up a lot. So I was like, oh, I feel like I was missed or reviled. I'm not sure which. Yeah, yeah there but was a lot way. of thank goodness Eric's not here. Yeah, yeah see, I, I really, <laughs> really feel good about <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That dude, that dude oh, that's sits why up and ran stares so at everybody. That's why everybody showed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, first one, first one ever I'm not there for. And pack the house. Yeah. Can it have anything lie. to do with the fact that it's our first one after two and a half years? Okay, yeah, Just, well, that might know. be a thing. Yeah, I don't know how many more people we could have shoved into the back rooms of the borough. Well, uh, I, Derek told me <laughs> what legally <laughs> was the option, and I made sure that our games, our game seating options weren't anywhere near that. So right, uh, so I could tell you, but it's not important. I, I'd have to kill you. No, it's not. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for another game day. We'll do one uh, later in the summer, I think. I, I, either late August or early September. We'll see how people are feeling about schedules and stuff because uh, I awesome. don't want to do it too close to Tsunami Con. But we did one once that was like, and I, I do like doing them right on the doorstep because it's easy to promote the con and stuff. Uh, I, we did one once that was like a couple weeks before, like the first weekend of October, which is always great because like Derek's birthday is that weekend. So mm. it's like um, a really good time to do an event and, and get him yeah. kind of excited about it all and involved. But I don't think I want to try to come up, you know, to come down two weekends a row, two weeks apart. It just it gets expensive. Yeah, I was just saying it'd also be a good time if you're thinking about running a game at TsunamiCon to be able to get a little play test in. That's true. That's true. Um, I don't uh, tend to run a lot of games at TsunamiCon for some strange reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna guess you're a little busy those weekends. Yeah, it just doesn't really pan out. Plus, a couple weeks out nowadays is like always Ren Fair and stuff. There's other things yeah. going on. And there's that other, um, there's another convention in town, I think, the first weekend of October as well. The That Century 2, that um, video game convention. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's gonna be a lot of people already doing stuff. I thought about I thought about doing some promotion in either or both of those events. Uh, Littlebeard told me I should come out to Ren Fair. Like, there's yeah. a lot of gamers out there, obviously. We found but, that out when we were selling dice at the Spring right. Fair. It was we had constant gamers at our booth. I so don't think you're going to do that at the fall event. No, nah, because nah, you run out of inventory before your booth. At yeah, we're, we're skipping. <laughs> we're skipping the fall Ren Fair to be able to sell at TsunamiCon. See how it goes. Yeah, I hope it turns out to be uh, the slam dunk that it obviously should be. Since hopefully. You know, if you handmade dice, I don't want you to go to the go to the gaming con and walk out going, "We should have gone to fucking Ren Fair instead." Right. <laughs> now, if so. we did that, I'd at least get to play games. So, <laughs> right. Interesting point. Well, we're thinking about doing some online games that weekend. You get in on some of that. You said, "Yeah, the, the yeah." I saw thing. you put the online tickets on the uh, yeah. website. I still feel weird about the whole thing, but it's not a great. Sitting here at the booth playing online D and D. Yeah, yeah. While selling stuff at the same con. <laughs> when Maybe. I need to make a dice roll, I just reach into one of our boxes, grab a die, and roll it. <laughs> That's true. It's not like you won't have dice on hand. We got a lot of we got a vendor hall filling up too. I'm super excited cool. about that. There's a lot of a uh, lot. I mean, I've only got like four booths left, I think, of what I've got. And if if it keeps coming out this heavy, I might figure out a way to expand on her. I usually try to keep it pretty small, but you know it helps pay for the con. So why the right. hell not? And if, if the crowds—that's the other thing—is I don't want the crowds. If if our attendance isn't high enough to justify, you know, having thirty booths there, I don't want to do that because then people won't make money. Right. You know, you cannot run a that's true. run a booth. So the the having kind of the smaller, the more limited um, hall is one of the appeal, part of the appeal. Right, I don't right. want to take away from that. But, we got people. We got a chainmail guy now. A guy doing oh, chainmail cool. stuff. Um, we cool. got uh, uh, you know like uh, Joe and Alicia are going to be there with the custom dice, and Warehouse Thirty Four is going to be back with all their stuff. And we got a couple people that do like um, crochet arts. Uh, uh, Danny's changed the name on. Uh, well, her name I think is Jamie, and, <laughs> and uh, but she went by Danny's on the online thing. Has uh, changed the name of hers to something hippo something, and I just I, I don't have it in front hippo of me. Hearts. I apologize. Yeah, hippo hearts. Yeah, yeah. I'm and uh, the list right now, she does a lot, a lot of custom stuff, and uh, it's been really popular for her doing the online sponsorship the last couple of years, where she was just she get really involved though. Um, I and remember then, uh, 
I think it was the first online con. I was in one of the games with her. And oh, yeah. she showed something and it's like, well, gaming, I went and bought one. It was like a, <laughs> like a Cthulhu dice bag. Nice. It's cool just neat work. Right. Well, so. Cool thing about the uh, online resources, though, even if you are at the physical con, you could still get on the Discord just to chat about what yeah. else is going on at the con. It's yeah. a place and, to chat virtually about the same And I want to make sure, on. I'm going to try to make sure the vendors know, too, that that space is going to be available for them if they want to communicate, you, you know, so that, so that people who want to ask them questions or something and don't have time to, you know, stop at the booth or, or people, and some of our attendees doing online stuff won't be local. Yeah. And they could still get a chance to kind of shop yeah. their wares if they want to share, um, you know, pictures and prices and stuff online. So I think it will be a good tool if people just, if you use it, if people use it, you know, we'll, I'll make it available, make it accessible yeah. and see who <laughs> uses it. But, um, uh, yeah, I, you know, and then there's some new businesses, uh, that have booths that I've never, I don't, I don't know these people. I'm, I'm not, I'm not real clear on what everybody's selling. I know we got some game, uh, designers, some indie game designers. Um, we got a guy that, uh, makes his own games. who's coming back this year. JTP has been there, you know, with us uh, every year live for a while. Um, obviously enjoys the convention. I think he comes from, from Oklahoma or something. Just, uh, it's going to be great to see people. That's what I've missed the most. Yeah. You know, I like doing the online cons because it's fun to kind of be involved in, and do that. And of course, in the, doing the online cons, I get to run more games, be involved in more games because um, <laughs> it's not as demanding somehow. But uh, I don't only ever get to see a handful of people the entire time. And they're, yeah, they're, and they're on a screen. Seeing people, <laughs> like physically you know. seeing people. So it's going to be fun. Well, I'll let you guys get on with your day. I think... Uh, I think Jonica's feeling good enough. I'm going to take her to a movie today. We're finally going to go see Top Gun. Oh, it's Here, so it's great. Nice. Did you see it, Joe? Yeah, I saw it last Sunday. I know you were and excited. Yeah, it was. If you're if you're a fan of the first and you like that, just turn off your mind popcorn flick and you I go do. into it. Go into it expecting that, and it will Our blow listeners you know. away. Yeah. <laughs> it will. It'll blow you Expo away. Streets frustrated, I'm sure, by just how much Eric forgives everything because five stars. Was just fun. <laughs> this was the worst movie I ever saw. Five stars. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, but it. I. I thought. I want to see it again before I say for sure, but it might be better than the first. Well, it's been popular. And so many of these kind of like long awaited sequels have been kind of fucking not, you know? Right. And uh, just, I I was really uh, kind of happy to see, you know, response on the internet from it and how well it's doing at the box offices. I mean, because, yeah. because Tom needed the money. Right. <laughs> just, what the fuck? But it looks like they're saying it's his biggest box office ever already. So oh, that's cool. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, but I look forward to seeing it. We're going to go check it out today. I think. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us for episode number 276 of Metagamers Anonymous. Uh, go check out everything we talked about online and buy your TsunamiCon tickets now. TsunamiCon.org. Get on out of here for today. My name is Eric. I'm Rich. I'm Joe. I'm John. Have a good one, everybody.